And uh, so I'm not sure if this one was February or March, but it was definitely winter. It was, yeah, it was dead winter, that's for sure. It was dead winter, and there's something dead in this picture. Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. This is episode 22 of season two, and we're calling this Highlights of 2021. Hello, this is, uh, my name is Winnie. That was my husband, Bill. We are the owners of Quiet Shutter Fine Art and Photography. Uh, the way we like to do our podcast is we will post nine photos to our Instagram account. And we'll go through those photos and talk about the picture, the backstory, whatever comes up. And you can follow along by looking at the pictures while you're listening, or you can check them out later when you get a chance. Don't look at them when you're driving. That would be disastrous. Could be. Careful. Could be. So before we get going, I want to thank Anchor Podcasting Platform. It is a free podcasting platform that you can access from the web or uh an app on your smartphone. It's free. It's pretty easy. If we can do it, you can do it too. And if you do, let us know. We'd like to listen to your podcast. We also want to thank our son, um, Andy, Outdoor Andy TV on Twitch and Instagram for hooking us up and setting us up with our great sound system. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, sir. So um, every year about this time, I like to go through um, <clears throat> the files on my computer of our photos, and I go through them month by month. And um, it's amazing when you look back at a year like that, how much has gone on that you have forgotten about. That's for sure. And um, this year, the second year of the pandemic, <laughs> has been another unusual year in a lot of ways. But uh, a lot of stuff happened, and we got out with our cameras quite a bit. And uh, um, so today, we're going to take you along on a little uh, memory journal of not maybe the best of the best pictures of the year, but some of the highlights of things that um, maybe we'd forgotten it happened or things that were cool that we want to share. Uh, what do you think, Bill? Yeah, just just a quick run through the year and uh, uh things that like you say things that we did or things that happened around us or in our lives that uh quite honestly we already forgotten about or someone like wait did that happen this year right that actually is true some of the things i thought was that this year but sure enough this so whole co this whole covid thing has really screwed up time and I know time is just feels weird, like a circle anymore and not like a straight line. That's for sure. So let's go to our first photo. All right. And you can describe what you're seeing. Yeah. Oh, this is a photo of Winnie um, standing on the ice on Lake Charlevoix, where it's right where we live near Boyne City, Michigan. And uh, this is um, 
was in January, I believe. Yep, this is a January picture. You were standing on a clear ice that I refer to as peekaboo ice because you can see straight through it. Um, so this is this is a phenomenon that does not happen every year. How many years have we lived here at Park of the Pines, Bill? Uh, I think we're on our eighth season here. And I think only two years have we had peekaboo ice. Right. So um, the lake freezes and there isn't any snow on it. So when it happens, too, it's only for, a you know, a very short time because usually we get snow on top of the ice. Right. And then it just looks like a big white desert wasteland. Yep, that's pretty much it. <laughs> so when the lake freezes and it's clear ice, you can walk on it, but you can see all the way down to the bottom of the lake. Yeah, the water's clear and uh, it typically happens, has to be a real calm night. So there's no waves and... Uh, yeah, so no air gets trapped inside cool. of the ice. Yeah, sometimes if you look real close, you'll see air bubbles that are kind of suspended in there, but... Uh, you can see to the bottom. It's extremely slippery, so it's hard to stand up Very on. Very slippery. And you can't tell how thick it is either because it's so clear. Right. So, so. the last time this happened, um, you and I got out on the ice and we took lots of pictures and we crawled around like we were yeah. porpoises or something. <laughs> um, but it was cool. And this time, I think for some reason, you were down by the lake. Or we might have even missed it because we, we don't necessarily go down and look at the lake every single day. No, we don't. But you came back up to the house and you said, get dressed. There's peekaboo ice. And so this time we got prepared because to really appreciate seeing through the ice, you almost need to take the picture from above looking down. And we actually went and got a ladder. Yep, we did. And uh, one of us would be on the ladder, which was more on shore, more stable. And the other one would walk out on the ice and we would take pictures. Yeah. And so in this picture, I'm standing on the ice and I look kind of terrified, don't you think, Bill? Yeah, that's because we were all, we both have wiped out so many times trying to do this. So it was like, all right, a take pair the picture of, quick before I fall down. Yeah. And a pair of skates would probably be appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't, this was January and often the lake doesn't freeze until sometime in January. So it was fairly new ice. Yes. And we were skeptical about how thick it really was. Yeah, like you said, we don't want to go out too far because it's like, well, we go this many feet offshore. If we fall through, at least we're it's not. It's three feet. Yeah. Three versus feet. We're going to get wet, but that's going to be about it. But because um, I'm looking at this picture behind you and I can see down to the bottom of the lake for quite a ways out there. So some of that water that's behind you that I can still see to the bottom is definitely overhead. You could get in yeah. trouble in a hurry yeah. with that. And but. you can also see the what we call freeze cracks. Yep. And that's where the ice freezes, but it makes like little expansion cracks yes. from it. Um, the, just expanding, yep. just moving around. Yep. And, and the water underneath ice, even when the ice is three feet thick, the water underneath still can be moving. Right. And it makes all kinds of sounds and it causes pressure cracking and it makes all kinds of weird sounds, which is really, I find it really cool, but. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, frightening sometimes too. Right. And. <laughs> I know you you say I look like I'm scared in this picture because I'm I'm afraid I'm going to fall. But if you recall, we could also hear some cracking happening. And oh, yeah. Take yep. the picture quick because I'm getting off. Yeah, actually, if I remember right, that crack that's right in behind you actually happened while we were there. Well, we first so. when we first went down there, we both went out on the ice at the same time. And then we decided it was probably a better idea to split up. And one, not at be, time, yeah. one at a time. One at a time. Yeah. A little too much weight in one spot at yep. a time. 
Um, yeah. So we took a lot of pictures. I only picked one. I don't know if it's the coolest one, but I, it did show that we weren't necessarily out there just hanging out being cool. We were, we were nervous. Yeah. We wanted to document this, but we wanted to stay dry at the same time. Exactly. And you know what? If it happens again, we'll we'll go down and take pictures again because it's just such a cool thing when it happens. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about this the other day, actually. We're in December here now, and and uh, some of the small lakes have actually frozen, although it's gotten warm the last couple of days, and they've, they've, they've thawed out and opened back up again. But I was thinking, well, if they stay frozen, well, maybe we have some peekaboo ice because it would calm, but... Um, this last day or so, it's been like a hurricane blowing around here. So there's no way they were going to have any peekaboo ice for right. the, the last few days. Right. are definitely not freezing when they're moving around so, so much. No, no. As a matter of fact, yesterday we drove through Petoskey, which is a small town near us, and uh, Lake Michigan... There's a big bay off of Lake Michigan on the edge of uh, Petoskey. Little Travers Bay. Little Travers Bay. And yesterday there was probably 10-foot waves, right? Yeah, at least. And the the surfers were out. Now, this is December 16th yesterday. Yeah, we always call them the ninja surfers because they're always in their black um, wetsuits. Wet suits and yeah, and, they're and their suits go up around. That. They go all the way over their heads. All you can see is a little round. Yep porthole for yeah. their eyes and their nose yeah and i did notice that there was also first responder fire trucks sitting down at the beach watching to see if they were going to have to go rescue somebody yeah which seems like a little waste of our resources but well maybe they're whatever. having their lunch there maybe too. they're just having their lunch yeah i know we have seen the surfers in this time of year up near marquette michigan in the up yep. on lake superior which is even that much colder and that much rougher yeah, the surf is high up there quite often in comparison to Lake Michigan. But yesterday um, they predicted that the waves on Lake Superior could reach 32 foot high. Yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. And we were tempted, at least I was tempted, to get in the car and drive up to take pictures of the wild water on Lake Superior. But the Mackinac Bridge was closed off and on during the day. Yeah. For most of the day, it was closed to all traffic. And then it was. It was open to passenger, passenger cars, cars only, only yeah. which means you could get across and then be stuck over there and can't get back. Right. So, That's never happened to us, but that would knock on wood. That would not be fun to yeah. be stuck in. Yeah. It's going to happen to us someday. It will happen. But and we'll have to we'll, sleep in we'll, the car. We'll continue to venture out. <laughs> so one thing I'm going to point out in this picture of me on the ice, you can see I'm wearing winter coat and snow pants and winter hat and everything. It's very cold to be standing on a, a vastness of ice. But um, the hat I'm wearing in this picture, if you get a chance to look at it, is a hat I knit myself. And it's, I'm not trying to brag about the fact that I knit my own hat. But what I want to talk about is where the yarn came from. Where'd it come from? So the yarn or the wool for this hat came from a little... Um, a little, I'm not sure what you would call it, a little farm, yarnery, yarnery. <laughs> a place over in East Jordan, Michigan. From farm which is, yarn. Which is the opposite side of Lake Charlevoix from where we are. Um, it's called Stonehenge. And um, they spin yarn. They have a little factory. Um, and they then they sell their yarn. But what's made, put them on the map, so to speak, is... Um, 
maybe two Winter Olympics ago, somebody who was vacationing up here from Ralph Lauren discovered them. Old and, Ralph. And ordered all the yarn for the Olympians' um, sweaters for, you know, the March of the Athletes at the opening of right. the Games. Right, um, All of the wool came from this little, I guess you would call it a mill, woolen mill. That's the, yep. That's what you call it. I'll be darned. And um, so we had some friends that were um, here uh, a couple years ago, I think now, um, Nan and Kevin Anderson. You, We've talked about Kevin before because we named a lens after Kevin. <laughs> and uh, I got to go with them to the woolen mill to do a tour and got to see how the wool is made. And they have... Um, I had to ask them to see it and they had to pull it out from behind a pile of stuff. But encased in a plexiglass box, they have one of the Olympic sweaters that were made that year for the athletes. It's a cool place. And if you're ever up north and you're interested in how how wool is made into yarn, that's a cool place to go. Cool. So I bought some yarn while I was there and I knit this hat. That's that. <laughs> That's that. That's the story of the hat. That's the story, and I'm sticking to it. All right. Let's go let's... to the next picture. Now, oh. these pictures don't cover every month of the year, be, you know, because then I would end it up with 12 pictures instead of nine pictures. So there's they, more than nine months of the year. There's more than nine months of the year. Huh. And uh, so I'm not sure if this one was February or March, but it was definitely winter. It was, yeah, it was dead winter that's for sure it was dead winter and there's something dead in this picture this is a picture of a something of a, doesn't smell right of a bald eagle and we caught this up in the up one day when we were one of the rare days there was some sunshine and this bald eagle is standing on top of a skunk carcass on the side of the road with the look of desperation like i'm so hungry i'm going to have to eat into this <laughs> it's a sad, sad tale. Yeah. This majestic, majestic symbol of America standing on a dead skunk, which was probably roadkill. Oh, definitely. It was roadkill. Having yeah. his lunch. Yeah. He almost looks like he's standing right on the carcass. I'm going to zoom in. Oh, he here. is. Yeah, he's on top of it. And or she's on top of it. I'm not sure if it's a male or female. It looks like it's got its talons like right in the guts there too yeah. it's gross watch your step and uh almost looks like he's leaning over it praying over his meal <laughs> i think he's trying to decide am i that desperate he was he eat? was that desperate <laughs> dang <laughs> we have seen this one other time an eagle eating a dead skunk, and he didn't look any more happy than this one does. Had the same worried look on his face. Yep, I'm going in. Yep. Hope no one's looking. Hello, I'm looking. You know, we got really close to this eagle too, and it was not giving up. No, he was. Lunch. He was definitely was hungry because he was not giving up. He didn't fly away as we drove by, and no, we stopped on the side of the road. And now, granted. We have a nice long telephoto lens, so we didn't have to be right. We didn't on have to be that close to him, no. But he was. Uh, Besides, who would want to be? <laughs> right. <laughs> you can yeah. see the big snowbank in the background, and you can tell it's winter. And there's probably not a lot of choices. Probably yep. the 
the little mice and the rodents and whatnot are well underneath the snow. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember us driving by slowly and reassuring him, dude, it's all yours. It's okay. We're not, we get we're it. not judging. <laughs> we understand your situation. <laughs> we won't judge you. No. But we also won't join you. Yes. It's all yours. So, yeah, that happened. I love this picture. I mean, like you say, it was a rare, sunshiny day in the winter. Yep. I love how the snow has the blue tones to it and everything. Yeah, it was good color. Good color. But not likely going to blow this picture up and put it on the wall. No, although it is another lovely fact of life. (laughs) Survival sometimes smells a little. (laughs) And then let's go to the next picture. This one, I believe, was March. Ah, yes. This is a picture of a sharp-tailed grouse that we found in the UP as well. One another sunny day. I think that we have maybe done a full episode about um, finding sharp-tailed grouse in the Upper Peninsula and watching them do their mating ritual. I think we've done a whole podcast about that. We have. Um, And... For those of you who may have missed that episode, the sh- grouse, I think, in general do this, but this is a sharp-tailed grouse. And in the spring, early in the spring, they will start to gather in, the, in what they call a lek, a group of grouse. Um, the males gather first, and they usually right at sunrise, they will all gather in an open area, and they start to do a dance and they posture, and they fight, and they dance around, and they make all kinds of crazy sounds, and they look like little wind-up tin toys. Yep. And, and they're uh, practicing their dance, so when the girls show up, they got their act together. And usually this goes on for a couple of weeks before the girls show up. Right, right. And then once the girls show up, it gets really serious. Then they start yeah. to really scrap, and chaos comes yeah. out. We have followed the the sharp-tailed grouse for a number of years, but we've never managed to be there when the actual coupling takes place. Right. We I always mean, keep been... saying, we got to get back in a week or so, and we just, life happens and we don't. But Right. We've been there when the girls have shown up, but I've never seen any actually actual, you know. Copulation. Right. Right. That's the big word of the day right there, folks. Right. So sometimes when they start to gather, it's warm. And then winter comes back and then, right. and then this picture, and actually I would blow this picture up. I kind of love this picture. Yeah, this, this is, this is a, I think it's probably a hen. I'm not sure actually, but. Uh, the males usually have that really bright orange eyebrows. And right. this one does not have any eyebrows at all. So this might be one of the girls. I think this might be a girl and she's got, you know, she's been eaten. <laughs> well, she's got a lot of feathers. I don't know. <laughs> I know, but and, she, and they'll be. She's plump. Yeah, she's been. But, she is uh, all fluffed up because it got cold again. It got really cold. Yeah, and they do tend to do that. Well, they'll try. They'll extend their feathers out as much as they can just for insulation. So, but she looks like she's a perfect round ball. Yep, with a head on top. Yeah, like you could just. She could just tuck her head in there and could tumble across the field like a tumbleweed. Like, no <laughs> she's, problem. She looks really fat. Yeah. There's no getting around it. She looks really fat. She also got a look on her face like, don't judge me. Exactly. Don't judge me. Till you're standing on this field with me, don't judge me. (laughs) 
this is so this is just as uh, the sun is coming up in the morning. And like I said, it gotten cold again because I remember we were sitting in the car shooting pictures out the window. But in order to avoid having that um, heat, you know how you see heat waves in the air? Yep. In order to avoid having that dis- disrupt our picture, like having heat waves in front of your camera lens is going to make a distortion. So we turn the car off and roll the windows down. Well, then it's like just sitting outside. So it's cold. We were cold. Yep. Obviously, she was cold. Yep. The sun had just come up and you can see there's all snow on the ground. I love that little tones of blue and white and yellow. And there's even some, what do you call that? When the moisture in the air freezes and creates like, that's not really snowflakes that you see. It's like a little diamond frost. Yeah. Yeah. Just the particles of moisture that's in the air just kind of turn into these little diamonds that shine all over the place. And so we see a few of those in this yeah. picture, which is lovely. Yeah. And the sun is just hitting this little grouse. So she looks nice and warm tones. And she does have a look like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you taking my Nothing picture? Nothing to see here. Let's just move along, folks. Yeah. but I And because she's all fluffed out, looks so round. I love this picture. Yeah. So we'll have to, let's see, it's December now few months and we'll be up looking for sharp-tailed grouse. Into March usually is the time to start looking for that, yeah. We were in the UP recently looking for snowy owls, and we did see a sharp-tailed grouse. We and did. it was right in this area, too. Yeah. On a utility line. I've never seen one on a utility line. On the wire. Weird. And right next to it on the pole was a hawk. Yeah. And I think the hawk was hoping to have sharp-tailed grouse for dinner. Yeah, I think we kind of spooked the hawk and he took off, but... That, yeah. that stupid sharp-tailed grouse looked like such a dummy. Yeah, it might have been a natural selection that was about to go on there. Because <laughs> he was just sitting there, a hawk, like within 10 feet of him. Yep. And he was just balancing on the wire and not trying to get away or anything. Right. Silly right. boy. Saved his life and didn't even know it. Didn't even know it. Hmm. So even in some of the most barren of months... We can find usually something interesting to get out with our cameras and photograph. Yep. Yep. So let's go to our next picture. Okay. What is it? Our next picture is just what we were talking about. Snowy owl. This, this was, one, this yeah. was kind of cool. Cause it was, uh, we, we do tend to find a lot of snowies, but, um, um, probably 80 to 90% of what we find are, they really like perching on utility poles around here just because they can see so far when they're up on top of them um, for hunting. I think. More oh, we than have anything. thousands of pictures of snowy owls yeah. on utility poles. Not the best. Right. Right. Background. And this girl, I'm assuming, is either by the markings a female or or a youngster, one or the other. Um, was she's, on a in this picture. She's on a log that is leaning up against the barn and they actually had this bull barn was in the process of falling down and they the farmers had taken a bunch of pretty long poles and stuck them in the ground and leaned them up on an angle to hold the barn up and she just happened to be on one of these little perches halfway up the the uh, prop on the side of the barn this barn that is really leaning in this area is a favorite spot for owls. You'll often see if there's snow on the roof of the barn, 
you if you don't see an owl on top of the barn, you you will see the impression in the snow of where the owls have been. And so we slow down and we always look at this barn to see if there's any owls on top. But this time she was right, like Bill said, on this tree log that was used to shore up and prop up the barn. And I think it's because the sun was out and it was just hitting this spot just right. And she was probably warming herself in that nice afternoon sun. As a matter of fact, if you get a chance to look at the picture, her eyes are half open, half shut. She's having a nap. I'm pretty sure that when we drove past and stopped, she was napping and she just opened her eyes up just enough to see us. And said, oh, it's you again. Oh, yeah. Stay in your car and I'll be just fine. Yep. Let's just leave each other alone. All will be We got good. a lot of pictures of her on this barn, but I, yep. I, she was yeah. she was hunkered into a spot. She was not in any hurry to go anywhere. Yeah. And but it was it was fun for taking pictures because she's got a different backdrop than we normally get with our snowy owls she's yeah. got all this barn silvery barnwood behind her and texture and color and all the good stuff yeah you can see it was a blue sky day through the slats of the barn yep. which is unusual and um we may have documented the three blue sky days of the year i know when the sun is shining if we can man we get out because yeah. there aren't that many sunshiny days in northern michigan in the winter yeah we just we were just complaining to each other here this last week because we had two sunny days in a row. And we were too another busy. novelty, but we had people um, that we had to we take had things care of. going on. We had things going on and couldn't get away, and uh, we were we were we we're lamenting that we couldn't. Uh, the get only away. sunshiny days are days we can't get our yeah. cameras and take off. Yeah. So when we, we get this, a chance, we do. This picture was one. Yep. And you can, even though the her eyes are only open a bit, you can see that bright, bright yellow that those snowy owls, their eyes are just really distinct. Pretty stunning. Yeah. Pretty stunning. Yeah. I love this picture. I would blow this picture up. This would be a good one. Yeah. yeah I like this one. Hmm. So let's go to our next picture. So now I think we skip a couple of months because this next picture is of a hummingbird. And it was a hummingbird that was actually in front of our house, perched on top of, um, a wrought iron shepherd's hook. Yep. And um, a neglected wrought iron shepherd's hook because it's, you can see it's full of spider webs. Yeah. Well, you know how spider webs go. We could have had this completely cleaned up and no problem at all the day before this. But for some reason, where we live here at the park, the spiders have gone mad. They're spiders just are everywhere. But, but yeah, this is definitely must have been at least June when we took this picture. So I remember seeing this little, this little bird, this little female, um, Hummer, Hummer. Yeah. What, what brand of hummingbird is she? Ruby throat. Yeah. So the males have a red throat, but the females do not. So this is a female and, um, she's sitting on the shepherd's hook with all the spider webs. And I think that that's on purpose because the, um, hummingbirds use spider webs in the making of their nests. Yeah, we never never knew that until we took a trip to Arizona and ended up in a place that had a hummingbird aviator. Oh, aviary, aviary, that's a hard word. <laughs> aviary, excuse me. And the, the um, guides that were there were saying that's exactly what they use for nests is, is uh, the silk from spider's webs. They said that when they first created the hummingbird aviary at the Desert Museum, the Saguaro. Yep. Yep. Um, that 
the hummingbirds in the aviary were trying to build nests, but they all failed. And they couldn't figure out why they failed until they realized that they needed spider webs. And that's kind of the glue that holds their, their little nests together. Yep. Yep. And so they went around the desert museum and collected spiders and spider webs on sticks. And they placed them in the aviary. And then they had successful nest building. Fairly quickly afterwards. Yeah, it was, right. it was pretty impressive how quickly that changed everything. Yeah. So if you can zoom in on this picture, I can see there is spider web on her beak. Yep. And a little spider web on her forehead. Yep. She had been in the web. So I really feel like she was collecting spider web. Yeah. And that would have been early when they first got back to northern Michigan, yeah. the hummingbirds. So that would have been what she was doing. So I spotted her and I remember saying, oh, look at the hummingbird. And you are always so quick. You grabbed the camera with the big lens and you went out a side door and sort of snuck around the house and snapped a few pictures of. I think I got two images of her. Yeah. And one was quick. blurry and we got this one. So yeah. lucky shot. A lucky shot. A like, got to be ready. Yep. And by being ready, that means a lifetime of learning how to have your camera settings right where you need them so that when that split second moment is there, you're ready to do it. Right. So congratulations right. on this one, Bill. Yeah, it turned out good. It was good. I love those little hummingbirds. And I know you're dying to get back to that desert museum to go back to the hummingbird museum. Yeah. That was a lot Lots of fun. Lots of cool things in that museum as far as that goes. But that There's was like kind of the There's like five highlight. or six variety of hummingbirds in the aviary. And yeah. some of them are just. Some of them are amazing that never would be around here. Right. The so. one with the purple collar around this iridescent. It's just yeah. amazing. And the yeah. orange ones. and Yeah. Yeah. Is a cool Hope place. to get back there maybe this winter. Maybe. So we'll see. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay. So let's go to our next picture, Bill. And I'm going to let you talk about this one because this is a picture that you took. Ah, the grasshopper. Yeah, this was, uh, this was, um, this is what I like to do with our little, um, macro lens we call kevin this little grasshopper which you can you get a chance to look at this picture was like a neon green and he was on top of a an old leaf from the year before and he was actually on our side porch of our house i'd gone outside to do something and it spotted it and i went stay right there mister and i uh, went back and got kevin and sure enough he was still there and I, I probably took 30 pictures of him that this was one, one I really liked. And uh, if you can zoom in and I can, I think the, the color in his eyes are even pretty cool. It's a little blurry when you get in close, but um, taking they're macro, almost transparent. They're kind of crazy what these grasshoppers look like up close. Taking macro photography is really tricky, especially, and I'm sure that you handheld this. Yeah. I think that real serious macro photographers use um, a tripod because when you're zoomed in that close and usually you have your, your aperture opened wide so that you get just your subject in focus. But it's so easy if you are hand holding and you sway just a, the tiniest bit the spot you wanted in focus becomes out of focus and something else is in focus. And so bravo to you, Bill, on this one, because photographing a little grasshopper is, 
And the yeah. fact that he stayed there long enough for right. me to do it. Right. But I, it is. I a, guess I like challenging myself to do this kind of stuff. And yes, I should have a tripod for doing this kind of stuff. Uh, it's so hard, though, because by the time you would have got the tripod out and set up and your grasshopper would have been gone. Right. So it's not right. always doable. I find I should use a tripod probably more often, but I find it so cumbersome to yeah. have to get the tripod, spread the legs out, you know, have yep. the camera mounted on top, blah, blah, blah. Yep. So it takes time and sometimes yep. you just don't have it. So you take some pictures, so you have something yep. and you hope that you get a good shot. The other thing I like about this picture is like Bill was saying, this thing is such neon green and he's perched on an old leaf that was on the ground or on the porch. Mm -hmm. And it's just all kind of dull, ugly brown all the way around him so that bright bright green just stands out like crazy and you're right his eye is i think his eye is in pretty good focus and you can see the modeling around his eye the highlight in his eye yep if he you, almost looks like he's he's so almost looks like he's made out of jello he's so waxy and and know, then his little his little antennas there you can see every little segment yep and his feet, have you looked in close at his feet? Yeah, he's got some crazy claws on him. Well, they look like almost like suction cups. Yeah, and like, they may be like such a suction cups. But I love actually. that at the he's leaning up against this leaf. It's kind of propped up. Yep. And he's got his front leg, his front arms and feet kind of clasped together, almost like he's posing for his, his senior picture. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> all right, you like this one? Yeah, how do I look now? <laughs> This is and my best side. Take kind, this side. Kind of giving you a side eye. Almost looks like he has a little grin on. Yeah. You get. You guys had a little moment there. I think. I think we did. <laughs> did he have a name? Uh, no, but he looks like Bruce. Looks like a Bruce to me. Yeah. I think you and Bruce had a moment. Hope he's still around next year, or maybe Bruce's kids will be around. I think Bruce will be back. All right. See you in the spring, Bruce. <laughs> Let's move on to our next picture. Oh, uh, wait, before we go yeah. to our next picture, we've got, I keep forgetting to get our, our corporate sponsors in here. So we'll be right back to our next picture in just a second. We still don't have any sponsors. That was just kind of crazy thinking there. Let's uh, move on. <laughs> Bill. <laughs> Not that we don't want sponsors. We just don't. <laughs> So let's go to the next picture. I was so excited about this next picture. Again, this is not necessarily, well, I'm going to say this is not necessarily the best of the best pictures. This is a phenomenal picture. It's just not the kind of picture you're going to blow up and put on your living wall or, or above the fireplace on the mantle. But I was very excited about this. And again, I think we did a whole episode about going to Sini Wildlife Refuge and seeing so many monarchs and monarch caterpillars. Yes. And then we decided that if we were seeing this many caterpillars, and some of them quite tiny, that surely to goodness if we looked, we would find a monarch egg. We looked and we looked and we, we looked and we found this one. Actually, fairly quickly, honestly. Yeah. We started turning leaves over and looking on the underside of leaves. It's almost like we fell into or found, stumbled onto a nursery because there was just like every, every um, 
part of the whole process was in this one little spot that we found all these butterflies. It was pretty cool. Well, and in different spots throughout the Sini Wildlife, it was really, they were prolific this year, which is, hope maybe that's a good sign for the environment that the monarchs were doing so well this year. Yeah, I think that they've discovered some of the pesticides and different things that really have hampered their their uh, lifestyle have uh, they've eliminated some of those which has helped some. and i think people are becoming more aware and are um on purpose planting milkweed and being more concerned about not just mowing it down and right um so right. maybe maybe we're being smarter maybe but uh, we saw just so many and i have read that the migration this year was pretty successful that the um Eastern monarchs that go to Mexico, that they have a pretty good crop of them down there this year. And the Western monarchs that end up in, oh, where is the spot in California, Bill, where they like to go for the winter? It's near, I know our church has a campground there. Near uh, Santa Cruz? Santa Cruz area, yes. And evidently the migration there looks pretty healthy this year too. So that's really good to hear. But they were everywhere in Sini. And like Bill said, we could see the whole life cycle. We, um, you know, monarchs flying everywhere. We saw monarchs that were doing the deed. We saw uh, lots of caterpillars from really big fat ones to little teeny tiny freshly hatched ones. And then we found an egg. Found an egg. So this picture is, again, a macro photo. And um, I'm not sure whether you took this picture. I took this picture. We kept passing the camera with that. Kevin lens back and forth. Trying to get different angles. Yep. And so this picture is the very tip of a milkweed leaf. It was the underside of the leaf. It's the underside of it. We kind of twisted it around. Spun it over. Yeah. And um, there is a monarch egg and they are white, sort of oblong, egg shaped, football shaped, but teeny tiny, Tiny. like half the size of a baby fingernail. Yeah. And um, so easy to not see for sure, but there it is. So almost like a drip of sap while you find off of a tree. But if you look, you know, if you're able to get, see this picture and zoom in close, maybe not too close, but you can kind of see what looks like little veins and something forming inside of the egg. The egg is milky white, but almost transparent-ish looking too. But I mean, this picture is so tight in there, so close that you can see all the little furry hair on the back of the milkweed leaf and the veins through the milkweed leaf. And yeah, this, um, this was just, I'm, I'm going to sound like such a nerd, but I was so thrilled and excited to find this little egg. It was exciting. Yeah. Especially when we knew it was almost like, uh, this will never happen, but if it did, that would be wouldn't really it be cool. I think we, I think I said, wouldn't it be cool if we could find an egg? Yeah. Boom. And then we did. Sometimes I try that on other things and wouldn't it be cool if we could find, wouldn't it be cool if we could win the lottery? (laughs) Let's try that today. Okay. (laughs) I understand you have to buy a ticket to win the lottery. Wouldn't it be cool if we won the lottery? Yeah. Let's try. (laughs) So then we started after that, we started paying attention to what was going on on the underneath side of milkweed leaves. And sometimes we didn't like what we found. 
Now, sometimes you find clusters of spiders and all kinds of other Lots of times you find spiders. But remember when we found that cluster of freshly hatched maggoty looking? Yeah, I'm not sure what those were. They were like deer fly larvae. Yeah, they were like nasty. Oh, so gross. The the beginning of nastiness. So that's where it was. The definite nastiness beginnings. It was gross. Yeah. So let's go on to our next picture. Okay. Ah, uh, this was August. This was in August. Um, we actually visited Montana more than usual this past year. And there was a very good reason for that. Our daughter and son-in-law who live in Montana had a baby. So we were m- more motivated than usual. And usually we're pretty motivated to visit Montana. I think we were able to get out there three times. Yeah. In 2021. And this was, we, you know, we've been trying to get back during the end of August, first part of September for uh, a number of years, actually, because the first time we went out there to pick up our daughter. um, It was August. It was August, end of August. And the bison are in rut that time of year. So we were able to get out. Yeah. We have been saying ever since then, that was probably 10 or 12 years ago. Yeah. We got to get back out to Yellowstone in August so we can see the bison rut. Yeah. And what's exciting about that is that the bison will, from all over the park, they tend to gather in maybe a couple different places, but herds and herds of bison gather together and the rut ensues. Yes. So this is Lamar Valley, which is up in the northern part of Yellowstone. When the first time we saw the bison rut years ago, we were um, driving through the park in the evening, and that's when the real action takes place. Yeah, that was in Hayden Valley, which right. is more central to the to Yellowstone. And y- you see what's really cool to watch, I hate to say this, is the bison that are fighting, the males who are fighting. I guess there's something about human nature that we like to watch a good fight. Yeah. But um, watching these big bull bison fighting after their their woman stand in the ground yep they you know they're they're ramming heads and they're stomping and they're rolling around in the dirt making dust fly everywhere and there's grunting yeah, and grunting all and kinds of bodily fluids flying coming out of their noses and so we were hoping to get some pictures of these crazy bison fights And we did that week that we were there. We got to Yellowstone, I think, two different times. Yes. As we spend a fair amount of our time hanging out with our our, uh, family and especially our new grandson, Arlo. So we only got twice. And both times we went super early in the morning. So we did see a little bit of the rut happening, but we couldn't make ourselves go in the evening or stay long enough. We just wanted to get back to see the baby. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. It was very cool. Yes, it was. And it was good to be back and can't wait to get back there again. In this picture, you can see it's kind of a landscape shot of the Lamar Valley with which river runs through the Lamar Valley, Bill? Is it the Yellowstone or? Uh, Madison, I believe. The Madison River. You can see the river winding through the valley here. You can see a herd of bison just making their way through the sagebrush. There was, um, a lot of smoke in the atmosphere from wildfires. Yeah, there seemed there was a lot 
those few days we were in there. So in, as you, you know, the pic, if you look back into the picture, it gets a little more misty looking. That's the smoke from the wildfires. But in the distance, you can see silhouettes of more bison. and Yeah, yeah. I yeah, love- it almost looks foggy, but it actually was my, you know, that's how much smoke there was in the air out there when we were there. I, if you've ever, if you've listened to any of our podcast at all, or if you know Bill and I, you know how much we love Yellowstone National Park and all national parks as far as that goes that that we've been to. But um, Yellowstone, just I, you know, you see people, especially in the Lamar Valley, which is more known for wildlife viewing than the southern part which is more known for the geysers and whatnot but you will see people who are parked on pullouts along the way and they're sitting in their lawn chairs and if you drive back and forth a few times they're there all day yeah yeah stake their favorite spot and they stay there all day and just see what comes by them instead of them going by in their car or whatever i'm kind of envious of people that have the time to be able to do that totally envious of that yeah I kind of wish that we had time or felt that we had time that you could just take a lawn chair and pack a lunch and just spend your whole day. Yep. And see what happens. I Do you think we could do it? Cause you and I are so, I don't know. We're so many, we, there's so many things that we want to still see in Yellowstone that I can't see us sitting there. I can see us going there an hour before dark and watching things go on, but not a whole day. I don't, I, no. I mean, it seems like it'd be a cool thing to do. And it would, for me, what would be cool if you were planning to do that, I could bring a watercolor sketchbook and some yeah. paint. Well, you know what? We should plan. Let's wait till we're like 92. 92 years old? We can sit there for the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get the bus shuttle. Are we going to sit in our wheelchairs? <laughs> yeah, they'll have good wheels. They'll have really good wheelchairs by then. Let's still th- I don't want to wait till now. I'm 92. 92. Well, before then, we'll just keep moving around. <laughs> okay. That's that's what was my point. <laughs> we'll be slowed down by 92, probably. All right. Our last picture. And, you know, I feel <laughs> bad doing a highlights of 2021 like this, where we only have nine photos and we mostly, I mean, there was so much that happened in 2021. We've mentioned already that Lauren and Cole had a baby, and we haven't mentioned that our, our son and his wife bought a house. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of things that happened that probably deserve mention on a highlights reel, but um, we'll just keep it to these for today. Um, but our last picture, of course, had to be a picture of uh, new baby Arlo. And this picture, I believe, was taken in August. So he's not exactly a new baby now in this picture. No, no. And he was just starting to, to hold himself up. And he's darn near walking now. And he's creeping or he's doing a doing a whole lot of getting around, pulling himself up and and uh, doing a lot of smiling and pointing at people. And so we haven't yeah. seen him in person since August. He was born in February. So how old does that make him in August? Mm, seven months six months six seven months yeah so in this picture he's on scooting on the floor and holding his head up and a cute little smile and nice bright eyes and just like he was posing yeah and like bill said now we facetime with him thank god for technology that's for sure and now he's just developing that personality he's got a little smirk sometimes he's 
waving and pointing and trying to talk. <laughs> He's yep. so cute. We hope to get back soon in the new year to spend some time with Arlo and go back to Yellowstone. I think um, this is, I think we'll do one more podcast in 2021. It'll be the end of season two. Yep. And perhaps our next episode will be, maybe we should list the goals we have for. Looking forward to 2022. And one of us has to eradicate eradicate COVID. So is it going to be you or is it going to be me? I'll work on it. Okay. You get the lottery numbers, I'll get COVID, and we'll see you next year. Oh, next year is going to be a good year. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening in today, and I hope you guys have a great day. And happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.